Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Wednesday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Tuesday. Um, what's the point of buying a Huawei phone if it doesn't have access to any of the bits you want on your phone? We'll get into that shortly. Uh, where are we at with our super situation? There's always hand-wringing about this, isn't there? Well, what's changed? Uh, the hospo industry in Queenstown, uh, where are we at with that? And uh, looking forward to the mega strike next week. But before any of that, uh, they actually went into the mine. And the families cheered when the men came out. Well, Andrew, I've just seen the families walking towards me out the gates from the mine entrance, and they were just so excited and emotional. Anna Osborne told me how they let out 29 helium yellow balloons up into the sky as they did a roll call of each person's name. Rowdy Durbridge was saying it felt like a kid's birthday party just after so much sadness, so many tears, to actually be able to celebrate going back in. Different members of the family brought out a piece of concrete that had been holding up part of that concrete seal. One person said, I think Sonia was saying she wants to put it in her garden as a sculpture and another lady, Tanya, is keen to polish it and put it in her house. So a lot of emotion, a lot of celebration. All right. Uh, Dingy Patterson, of course, who is the site senior executive, uh, led um, Kirk Nielsen and Chris Lee through the doors. Has he been talking at all about what he saw? He has been talking. He, he says actually when you get in behind that 30 metre seal, it's all in just as good condition as it was left back in 2016 when the mine was sealed off. So they got in about 12 noon today uh, and managed to walk into the mine and he just says, yep, such a great day and also just it's in such good condition they could even see straight ahead to the 170 metre wall and the doorway there. So as I understand they went, what, how far in? About 30 metres? Uh, yeah, I think they walked in about 100, 150 oh, okay. metres on from there as well. Yeah. Oh, very good, very good. Okay, so that's all um, seems to be going as planned finally. I hope it brings the families whatever they were looking for. I have a nagging feeling that perhaps it won't, but here's hoping anyway. Uh, now, if you're looking uh, for an awesome phone, uh, Huawei, especially uh, the really uh, flash ones, uh, have been awesome for some time. Slightly less awesome if they don't get access to any of the uh, Google products, of course. What should Kiwi, uh, Kiwis with Huawei phones do? Should they take them back to the store? Uh, no, they should wait. <laughs> First thing they should do is wait. Nothing has actually happened yet, and in fact the US government have put out a I think it's a 90-day wait period for, uh, on this decision. So there's still like time until about August before anything will happen. But so right now, your phone is going to be working fine. Um, yeah, it's, it, nothing's going to happen for a little while. So basically, right now, do nothing. <laughs> just just sit and wait and watch and see what happens. If the cell phone does stop working because you can't update your... Well, I mean, it might still work, Hayden, but it might not yep. work as well, right? Because you can't update all the stuff. Then will there be a protection under the Consumer Guarantees Act where you can take it back to the store? Yeah, absolutely. If, so if if it doesn't work, so there's, there's two options here. One of them is that it can't connect to the Google Apps anymore. It can't connect to the App Store. Your apps won't update. Uh, you might not be able to log into third-party systems where you have to, you know, where you log in with your Gmail account and so on. That that's one scenario, and that's quite a, a hardcore scenario. And if that happens, then definitely you're covered under the CGA. The other one is a little bit more um, uh, airy, like it's harder to figure out because it's about the security updates. 
And so if the security updates don't come down through to your phone on a regular basis, and to be to be honest, this is true for any phone, um, then you've got a case for, well, this isn't fit for purpose, my phone is insecure, so yes, you could return it under the CGA. Now, I know quite a bit about Huawei phones. I've uh, owned a few, uh, and I know people who use them regularly. Uh, so for what, if you want my advice, uh, just wait. It's a bit like Hayden's advice there. Um, it'll get sorted out. And also, the the phones are awesome. To be honest, even if they didn't have access to the Google services, I reckon they'd be pretty awesome, most of them. Um, uh, uh, let's move on now. Uh, well, we'll watch the space. Let's, um, we've been watching the space on Super. It seems to come up every election, of course. What, what's the plan for Super? Don't mess with Super, right? People from countries like China, which don't have a universal super for their citizens, we pay the lot. So not only did Winston belt out about immigrants and super, he riffed on the Chinese, another foot-stomping, crowd-pleasing favourite for his fans. He said the government was doing serious work on extending the time at which New Zealanders would be eligible for super, that is, new New Zealanders, and an announcement would be made before the 2020 election. Cue thunderous applause. The Prime Minister, when questioned, however, said that Winston was talking with his leader of New Zealand first hat on, not his Deputy Prime Minister and Coalition partner. And she said she would make statements around potential changes to policy when they've been made and decided upon in Cabinet. She refused to speculate beforehand. But she's not going to be able to stop Winston belting out his classic hits, and she's not going to stop his fans clapping along to them. What she does need to do is stop dancing to his tune. Oh, I so want that now that she's raised that spectre. Uh, a Winston album of classic hits. Uh, it would only be available on cassette tape, I think. Um, nothing as cool as vinyl, or, and you certainly wouldn't be able to download it on Spotify, but you could send in to New Zealand first and, get, and they could send you a cassette of Winston's best songs. It would be the greatest thing since... The Leighton Smith and Paul Holmes albums that came out some years ago now. Uh, we're going to finish up looking at the mega strike next week, but before we do, uh, where are we at with the hospitality industry in Queenstown? The shortage of staff in the hospitality industry nationwide is so dire, the Restaurant Association and Hospitality New Zealand, they jointly wrote submissions to the government calling for help. What they were after was getting restaurant and cafe managers on the country's immediate skills shortage list. They wanted to be able to hire overseas workers to address the shortage, given they can't find Kiwis to take the work. But the government has rejected that call. It's put the problem back on the hospitality industry's shoulders, telling them that businesses could fill these roles themselves if they bumped up pay. But as we know, that's not as easy as it sounds, because on top of that, recruitment of cafe and restaurant managers takes time and requires at least five years experience. This makes it incredibly difficult and just increasing pay won't necessarily fix the problem and besides all that does is load more cost onto the consumer who probably already feels like they pay top dollar for their cafe or restaurant meal and is not inclined to want to pay more. The shortage of hospo workers in this country has been an issue for a while and in lots of places but it's hit Queenstown, Hawke's Bay, Bay of Plenty and Auckland the hardest and as much as restaurants and cafes may want to hire only Kiwi workers. You can't if there aren't any. 
if there are no no one available, qualified or keen. So it's a shame the government's not willing to help because odds on, for Queenstown in particular, one of our tourist meccas as we head into ski season, these problems are only going to get worse and we're only going to hear more about it. When are the robots coming? I I thought we were sure that we were supposed to be having robots doing half of these jobs by now. Where are the robots, goddammit? Uh, we're going to finish up here. Uh, I, I don't, can you get a robot to teach people? And will they do it for less than a teacher? Because, uh, of course, the teachers are all going on strike next week. It seems to me that because people are having to spend time with their children in the evening, helping them with homework and stuff like that, then they actually equate that to schools failing. To me, if you're spending time with your children in the evening reading with them or helping them with homework and stuff like that, that has been apparent. That's not making up for the teachers failing. So, yeah, I reckon people have got a lot of this stuff really twisted. But I'm glad I mentioned it. Or I'm glad the caller on the first hour mentioned it and rang up about the teacher strike because I do think that people in this country don't support teachers. And their reasons for doing it are personal, but I think often way off track and it's just like oh well it's because there's no discipline now I, I, look I, I can't work it out I can't work out why people aren't more supportive well no, it's because I want them to take the children away from me I mean it's I've only got one at school I've got one at university now um, and she's away from me quite a bit although I was still sitting at a bus stop waiting for her yesterday for some reason how did I get myself into this mess uh, when is there going to be a parent strike, mega strike? We don't, we don't, they don't pay us enough for this shit. I am Glenn ZB. <laughs> that has been News Talk ZB. Uh, we'll see you back here again for more foul language tomorrow.